0: Actually, um, I've been at Red House all my life. Oh, wow. uh, Since I was a little...
1: Welcome to Rooted 2-7. Joseph Stanley here with Rooted 2-7, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church, and we have Shama Lord on behind the camera, and uh, he handles most of our recording and uh, editing and things of that nature. And uh, we're thankful that you decided to listen today uh, for our podcast, and I'm excited about Uh, our guests we have here today. But uh, before we get into that, I want to just remind you of the purpose of this podcast. It's called Rooted 2-7. It is uh, based on Colossians 2-7, which speaks of us becoming more rooted in Christ so that we can build our lives upon Him. So our goal here is for us to become flourishing as Christians, for us to become sound in what the Bible teaches, uh, for you to know not only uh, what you believe, but why you believe it. And uh, that goes along with a variety of different subjects. So we're not just saying, yes, I believe uh, we should support um, a certain biblical topic or certain uh, truth of the Bible, but why we say that and have a, a foundation behind that. And uh, as you may know, if you listen in the past, we look, our guests, we like to learn about them and their work and how Christ has used them a variety of for a variety of different ways. And uh, today I'm happy to be joined by Kim Jones, who is a uh, member here at Red House Baptist Church and uh, works in various ministries throughout the church and on her own as well as involved with uh, other organizations. So thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. All right, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, How long you've been here at Red House? And I know you're married to uh, Rob and
0: well, actually, um, I've been at Red House all my life. Oh, wow. Uh, since I was a little girl, um, I grew up in this community, and this has always been my church. And my mother still goes here, my sister still goes here. I'm married to Rob, mm-hmm. uh, and I have three children and five grandchildren. Um, I'm passionate about the Lord, I'm passionate about missions, especially taking the gospel to the nations. Um, so, uh, I try to serve in those areas here at Red House, and it's a great church and a great place to be able to serve the Lord.
1: Yeah, I know you and uh, Rob are great servants here, and I know when we first, I first started coming here, you were, you both, uh, very Uh, reached out to me and talked to me and and made sure to make me feel welcome. So that's part of the reason I I stayed is because of you and uh, your husbands uh, being so welcoming to me. So I always remember that and appreciate that. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, I know you start, you've always been here at Red House, but take us back and tell us a little about your testimony of how when you came to faith in Christ.
0: Well, I would say that I kind of grew up in a half of a Christian home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My father was not a believer and almost a little ambivalent toward the church, uh, but my mother was very faithful and a great role model, uh, loves the Lord. And so she was very faithful to bring uh, me and my three sisters to church And uh, so early on, just uh, Sunday school teachers and vacation Bible school teachers and the preaching of God's Word, uh, God started working on my heart when I was very, very young. And so I would say even at the age of five or six, I knew He was drawing me to Mm -hmm. Him and uh, and so that's a part of that foundation that was laid through my mother and through the faithful servants of this church. Now, I resisted uh, that for several years because in my mind as a child, I thought, well, I've got to walk down this aisle in front of all these people and make this decision. You know, that's just what I thought, (laughs) (laughs) and so that was a little overwhelming for me, but at the age of 11 uh, and during a vacation Bible school, uh, when the pastor presented uh, an invitation to respond to uh, Christ, I gave my life to him, and I haven't looked back. Now, that's been 50 years ago um, because I kind of added it up last night. So 50 years uh, this year that I have been a follower of the Lord. And so, um, of course, my life has had its ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had some times of obedience and disobedience, but I will say through a particular time in my life where there was a lot of brokenness, the Lord just met me there at that place. And he taught me a whole lot about mm-hmm. his grace and his mercy. And that served to draw me very close to him. And so I haven't looked back since mm-hmm. then. I only look forward because I know there's so much more that God has to teach me and to grow me. And I, I call it the more. He has more for me. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about my walk with him.
1: It reminds me of uh, Philippians 1 6, it talks of he who started a good work and you will bring it to completion. So yes. over those 50 years, a lot's probably happened in your lifetime. Yes. <laughs> but God is still bringing you closer to Him and bringing His Absolutely. work to completion. Absolutely. It's that sanctification process. Yes. In those 50 years, I'm, I'm just curious to know, what has been a, uh, a main part of the Lord that's really just you've held on to? What has been something that's really stood out?
0: Well, I think His faithfulness, um, His—what uh, I see Him— doing, you know, that he is and that he's working and he's moving and he's drawing people to himself and that there's uh, and that I play a part in that. Mm-hmm. Every believer plays a part in that because he's called us. He's called us to serve him. He's called us to be a witness of his faithfulness. Um he's uh, he equips us in that calling Um, And we respond to that out of our great love for him. And so I think the more he enables us to see him work, to see him move and to give us a part in that, to be his hands and his feet, that's exciting for me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love missions so much and, uh, it's a great privilege to serve the Lord, but it has to be out of our love for Him. It can't be out of something we want to do in our own ability. It has to be out of our great love just for serving Him. Serving God
1: isn't just doing charity work to make us feel better about ourselves. It's, no. It's out of love for God, and it comes from a true heart where we know God loved us, what He did for us, and we want to share that love with others right. uh, as well. Well, today's topic, uh, for those listening uh is missions, and that's something I really want to talk to you about. And I know it's something important to your heart and in uh, your life. Uh, tell me a little bit about what various organizations you're involved with or uh, here at the church even that's, that has to do with missions and how you got uh, being active in these roles.
0: Well, I mean, it's just kind of evolved over the years. There's been so many areas that I have served here at the church and different ministries that I've been able to uh, lead out in. I've worked with discipleship ministry. Mm -hmm. I've worked, I led a singles ministry at one time here. Uh, I've taught Sunday school, worked in VBS. There's just been so many opportunities to serve. Presently, um, I do serve on our missions team and work with, um, our missions outreach endeavors that, that we do through that team. I work with our youth group. I'm a, I'm a leader in, um, uh, with our youth. Mm -hmm. Um, I work, uh, I serve with a small group here called Moonlight Missionaries. That's a little Baptist women's group and we do different types of service projects to share the love of Christ with others. Um, I also uh, lead our Operation Christmas Child project here at the church, and that's where we collect shoebox gifts that serve as tools to share the gospel with the nations. Mm-hmm. And so that's another ministry I do here. And then outside the church, I also serve with this ministry um, and have for the last 10 or 11 years, I kind of call it my second Job. I do work and I work full time mm-hmm. for a church as a support staff, but Operation Christmas Child is another area where I serve, and I serve as an area coordinator for a team of individuals uh, who serve in seven of our Kentucky counties. And what we do is we support the collection of Operation Christmas Child's shoebox gifts uh, to contribute to the overall collection of the United States. Uh, which is where most of those gifts come from that go overseas. We do have other countries packing shoebox gifts, but most of the gifts come from the United States, and um, and mostly they come from churches. So the body of Christ plays a huge part in sharing the gospel all over the world through this ministry. Just
1: uh, in the area that you head up, uh, you might not have the stats with you right now, but like last year, how many shoeboxes did you all distribute?
0: Well, for us, it was down a little bit, of course, because of the pandemic. But overall, we were very excited. And I'll just tell you, as far as the overall Uh statistics, um, we had, let me check my numbers here. We had 9.1 million boxes worldwide. And 7.8 million were packed in the United States. And our little area here in Kentucky, which is Madison County and six other counties surrounding Madison county uh we had about 10,000 shoe boxes so um we're all working together each each area is mm-hmm. contributing to that overall, Seven point eight million, and like I said, that was down, but that is amazing with the year that we've had, with churches being shut down, that God's people responded.
1: And I notice it's not Christmas time now because that usually happens closer to November, I guess. The distribution, I mean, the collection of the mm-hmm. shoe boxes, uh, but whenever people pack these shoe boxes and give them, they're not just giving toys to kids these are gospel opportunities as well to children internationally around the world. Correct.
0: Absolutely. Um, there, of course, everyone loves to pack the shoe box, but it's, it's not about the box. It's about the opportunity that the box brings. Like I said, it's a tool. And so where these go, uh, the nationals and the believers who are working in those countries. This provides an incredible opportunity for them to even get into certain areas and gather children together and have an outreach event where the gospel is shared very clearly with beautiful materials. It's a fun event. You participated
1: in these. I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A few years ago, it's
0: quite exciting. Um, but the the thing about it is. Um, You know, it's the gospel. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: the gospel. And so it is presented, and children don't even know they're coming to get gifts. That's just icing on the cake. But we relate the gift to the gift of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then we provide an opportunity for children to come back and be discipled. After they get this gift, they're invited to come back to a 12-week uh, program called The Greatest Journey, which takes them through God's Word, and they learn about the one true God. They learn about their sin problem. They learn that there is a solution to the sin problem, and that is Jesus. They learn how to follow Him, and they learn how to share with others. So it is missions. It mm-hmm. is the gospel going forth, and we like to say Operation Christmas Child is all about evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome ministry uh, that you're a part of, and to hear how it's internationally affecting all these different countries and children are being affected. I know when they show promotional videos of people who grew up receiving these shoeboxes and got saved and now are serving the Lord and have been Absolutely. affected the testimonies of children who have been uh, affected by receiving the shoebox and the gospel, it's not yes. just the present, as I said. Uh, well, as I said, we'll talk about missions a little bit, but what do you think— as I said earlier, we want to have a biblical foundation for everything we do. Why should Christians be involved in missions? What is the biblical command, the biblical mandate for missions uh, for Christians? And, you know, it's not just us going about our Christian lives and saying, yeah, we're Christians, but we're actually actively involved in sharing the gospel with others, uh, both locally and internationally.
0: Well, first of all, it's following Christ's call to share the gospel with a lost world. And so, um, to me, if you're not endeavoring to share Jesus, it's not missions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's rooted in... um, the command from Jesus in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 to go and make disciples. And so what he's telling us there, it's really not an option. As believers, he's telling us we need to be active and going and sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And not only sharing the good news and walking with them and uh, many times witnessing the Holy Spirit Uh, drawing them to Him and them being saved, but then to continue that with discipleship. There's also another verse, Acts 1-8, that tells us the Holy Spirit enables us to do that. Mm -hmm. And in that verse it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And so... You know, if we know Jesus and we have that hope in our heart, then we need to be about sharing that hope with a lost world because we are surrounded by lostness. People who have no idea of a savior, uh, they have a hole in their heart that needs to be filled, and it can only be filled with Jesus. He truly is the hope of the world. So, People should care about mission endeavors because people are lost and without hope. And during this pandemic, it has only really escalated the urgency of bringing hope to the world. And so it's part of what we should be doing. And we should be doing that out of our great love for the Lord and our great love for our neighbors.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, the scripture you read is good in Acts uh, there, 1-9 and 1-8 about the Holy Spirit coming upon them and then them being witnesses. And the Bible don't just leave us hanging. It's like, well, did that actually happen? It gives us actual proof to follow up that the Holy Spirit (laughs) did come upon them. Uh, God put his seal of approval upon them, and then they were empowered to go preach the gospel. And uh, we see the... uh, Christians going out across the, all the world and people getting saved. I mean, right following up the church there in Jerusalem, five thousand people were saved and baptized. Three thousand people saved and baptized. So once the Holy Spirit came upon them, they became active in evangelism and sharing the good news. Uh, God did respond and meet, uh, fulfill what He He had said, and I believe that same can be true for us uh, today. If We're Christians and dwelt by the Holy Spirit going out following the Great Commission. Uh, God will answer our prayers, and I believe God will respond uh, as we are faithful to Him and uh, follow His Word in in these mission endeavors. And I like what you said. It should come out of a love for God and a love for our neighbor. Because if we know that our neighbors are uh, lost, that we believe that there is a hell and we believe that there is a heaven, we believe in the sinful man, the depravity of man. Mm-hmm. That should drive us, knowing their lost condition, uh, to want to see them come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and to be saved, have their sins forgiven. Uh, so that is very important. Uh we talk about missions. We talk about sharing the good news. But uh, how can Christians be involved in uh, various endeavors? And I know we have things going on here at our church as well, where opportunities for people to be involved in mission efforts.
0: Well, there's lots of ways to be involved. But I want to I want to step back to to just um, tag on to mm-hmm. what you uh, just said. You know. God burdens our heart for what burdens him Mm -hmm. and lostness burdens him because he wants a relationship with people. He wants them to know him. And so he places that burden on our hearts and it says, there's there's a quote that says, or a saying that says burden plus passion equals missions. Mm -hmm. And so God burdens our hearts And then He takes where we're passionate, and that becomes part of how we act out um, missions and what it looks like personally in our life and how we serve Him. Um, And then I wanted to share another um, verse real quick, if I could find it. It is um, from Corinthians, but it talks about how God's love compels us. Mm It compels us, and then it talks about how we become Christ's ambassadors. So all of that plays a part in how we walk out uh, missions and serving and sharing the gospel uh, in our life here at church. Um, there's very there's a lot of ways that um, people can get involved in mission outreach, and in even in this community missions isn't always about going overseas although mm-hmm. that's part of it because but when we read in acts 1 8 your jerusalem your judea your samaria the uttermost parts of the world it's all of those places there's
1: lost people in madison county and there's lost people in asia and africa and right. south america there's all over the world so right. each person can uh, see where god has them fit More or less.
0: I just like to sum it up by saying, "It's all you can sum it up in three words: pray, give, and go. Those are three ways that you can support missions, and you just need to look around you and see what God is doing, and be very intentional. Don't sit Mm back, but be very intentional in seeking where God is at work and how He wants you to join Him there." And so um, there's many ways here. Of course, we do things here that reach out to the community with uh, the intentionality of reaching uh, people who are lost. Our Vacation Bible School is one. Our Upward Ministry is another. Um, other various events that we have that we open up to the community. Um One of the uh, things that we're doing right now is we're collecting for our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Um, Annie Armstrong was a faithful woman who uh, encouraged people to support missionaries. And so uh, an Easter offering was named after her. And this offering goes to support our North American missionaries. Mm-hmm. And we have missionaries all over North America who are serving faithfully to plant churches and and help people come to know Christ. Um, and so this week is actually our week of prayer for uh, our North American missionaries. And so we provided these week of prayer guides this past Sunday. These can also be accessed online by going to AnnieArmstrong.com. And so we've set a goal as a church to pray for our missionaries, and I would encourage people to use this guide to pray for our missionaries because it kind of puts a face to who we're supporting mm-hmm. with our gifts, and so also as a church we are giving monetary gifts to uh, to support the endeavors of these missionaries uh, uh, across the United States. Um, so we pray. And we give, we can also go, we can actually partner with missionaries here in the United States in various ways to support them. We also are beginning a new initiative that I'm very excited about, which you can kind of see from uh, our gospel to every home sign here. Uh, Red House is partnering with Southern Baptists all over the state of Kentucky. And from now until November the 20th, uh, November of this year, we are endeavoring to take the gospel to every single home in the state of Kentucky. And our little part here at Red House will be to go to approximately 1,500 homes um, to share a gospel packet, which will be hanging on doorknobs and it has gospel materials and it has materials about our church. It has a gospel track, has an encouraging scripture. We believe people are seeking, um, especially after this year of pandemic, people are seeking uh, and needing to know where hope can be found. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we know hope can only be found in Jesus. So we're going to be challenging our church here to get involved in that, to be hands and feet of Jesus And during the month of May or beginning the last Saturday in April and all during the month of May. We're going to be asking our folks to be willing to step out and be hands and feet and go and share the gospel with our neighbors.
1: Yeah, I think that is important. You said people, uh, they want some something to bring them hope. I mean, the last year showed us everything feels unstable at times. Uh, there's nothing really, was nothing really sure whether it was from the pandemic, uh, the election, right. whatever was going on in our lives, everything felt unstable. Right. And uh, we can find a sure foundation in Christ, and that brings us hope. And if we have that hope, we want other people to have that as well. Right. Uh, So I'm really excited about the Gospel to Every Home. I'm really excited to see about how God uses our church in this endeavor and how people can participate and how it's a church-wide effort. It's not just five people trying to distribute this to 1,500 homes, but... uh, it's everyone involved, whether that be through prayer or actually going and hanging uh, these are, or uh, assembling the packets. I'm just really excited about to see how God uses this uh, endeavor to bring glory to His name. Number one, absolutely, and then to see people saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this that our church we get to we get to take part in that mission. Uh, I even think about missions earlier. Uh, Is not that God necessarily? Uh, is, is has everything I control. He's like, man, I really need people. It's God gives us the blessing of sharing right. in that mission endeavor. God doesn't, the only thing we say about giving money is like God's poor and, uh, and needy and doesn't have any money. God has everything. But God gives us an opportunity to share in blessing others, to share in uh, that gospel being spread across the, all the world. Uh, so I think it's a, a good opportunity that People can participate in and uh, jump in on one too for sure.
0: And really, he's teaching us about trust mm-hmm. in all of those areas. Do you trust me enough to pray? And to believe that I'm going to work through your prayers. Do you trust me enough with your money to give, to support these endeavors? Do you trust me enough with your time or that I will equip you in how you're going to serve? You know, and going into people's homes is kind of intimidating mm-hmm. sometimes for people. And we're going to be kind of going out into a rural area. But, you know, we can do it. I mean, we can go and we can hang a packet on a door we're praying because we're actually going to precede this effort with a 40 days of prayer. Um we have a 40 day prayer guide that we're going to be handing out to our folks because we before we even step out the door to do this, we're going to pray about it. And through that prayer, hopefully God's going to uh, begin a good work, not only in us, but the Holy Spirit's going to go before us out into these areas, preparing the hearts of the people and also preparing uh, divine appointments for us to have opportunities we're going to be going out when it's starting to get pretty and in spring and uh, hopefully people will be out in their yard mm-hmm. it's I don't think it's anything that we had to be concerned about uh, with the pandemic because we're going to be outside we're not going inside someone's home we'll be wearing our masks. yeah we'll be doing it safely but there will be opportunities and so it's a it's a way of stepping out in faith and trusting God with what he has for us to do. And so I'm praying that our people here at Red House will embrace that as well as people all over Madison County, because mm-hmm. it's not just our church. It's many churches mm-hmm. all over Madison County that are endeavoring to reach everyone in our county to add to that uh bigger initiative to, to reach the 1.7 million homes in Kentucky.
1: I think it's also good for those listening. Uh, I know Dave Daly made up those little uh, bookmarks that we can write uh, a specific people you know who are lost to pray for, uh, that the Lord would save them. And those listening, and, and I'm sure you do and myself, you, you know people who don't know the Lord. You personally know people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, so as we think about missions, as we think about sharing the gospel, also good to think about in our own mind who we know right now who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who needs a relationship with the Lord in our own lives by name, and begin to pray for those people. Take time to pray for the lost and then pray specifically for people who need to know the Lord uh, because, well, they're lost in their sins and they, they need that same salvation just like we do. I think it's important that uh, we pray about this And then also take time to pray for others as well that we know personally.
0: Well, absolutely. And that little bookmark is for that purpose. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to insert those here in our prayer guide so everybody will have one where you could write those names. But let me share a story with you because, you know, I told you at the beginning of this, uh, my dad wasn't saved Mm -hmm. growing up. And my dad didn't get saved until he was 76 years old. Wow. And so there were people here praying for him. Of course, we were praying for him. So you don't give up <laughs> praying for lost people in your family or in your community because God is faithful. And so at the age of 76, he was saved and became um, a faithful attender here at Red House. And I believe it was on his birthday that he was wow. actually baptized here. So,
1: Okay, yeah, So, don't give up and say, no. "Oh, he's a lost cause." There's no <laughs> no way he would ever be saved. No way that person could ever become a Christian. Right. God can save anyone. Absolutely. And uh, so that's that's an awesome testimony. Thank you for sharing that about your father. That <laughs> it really fits right into what what I'm talking about, and uh, that comes into uh, I guess having a burden for the lost, and just like for your father, people in the church had a burden to see him saved and they prayed for him. Right. And we can ask ourselves, what I'm praying is that God would give our people at our church a stronger, now I believe they already do, are evangelistic in various ways, but a stronger burden to see people saved, to share the gospel and actually have gospel conversations with people they encounter, even as we talk about sharing the gospel to every home or all these different opportunities, but also just to be prepared by divine encounters where they're coming across somebody in their workplace, or they're coming across somebody in Walmart that needs the gospel, that they're equipped and ready and have a burden to share that gospel uh, with whoever they come across.
0: There's actually a verse that's become it's becoming more and more important to me. I believe it's in First Peter, um, I don't wanna give you the wrong reference, but it's first Peter three fifteen and it says always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. That's a great verse mm-hmm. to hide in your heart. Always be prepared to give an answer for the reason, uh, for the hope that you have. And so, um, you know, sometimes I'm a very busy person and sometimes I get to go on and I get very busy and I forget to be, Prepared because sometimes I'm not always looking and seeing that other person, but we need to be more in tune Mm -hmm. with who God brings us around and puts in our circle of influence so that we can be prepared to share a reason for the hope that we have. Now, of course, I work for a church, so I'm not around unbelievers every day and then I have a ministry that keeps me very busy then I'm not particularly around unbelievers so I have to be very intentional mm-hmm. about uh, being about the great commission and that's one reason I am involved with Operation Christmas Child and involved with other mission activities that we have you know our youth we go on mission trips we attempt to share the gospel on those mission trips you know, all the different things that we have the present opportunity to share Jesus with others. It has to really be an intentionality about it. But here's what I want to say. There's also an urgency. Mm-hmm. There is an urgency. There's a quote, I, f- I forget who, I'm sorry, I can't attribute it to the person because I forget their name right now. But it says, um, the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Exactly.
1: And you think
0: about that. There's an urgency with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a lot of people and die this year of COVID. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. So really, God is using us. He is calling us. We are His hands and feet, and He is giving us the privilege of taking that to someone who needs to hear.
1: Absolutely. I think of a few years ago, I guess he's now the executive director of the KBC, Todd Gray, I believe his name is. He was here and he taught a little evangelism class. And he said three things to pray for every day. Pray for God to give you open doors to share the gospel, to have open eyes to see those open doors, and for an open mouth to speak when you see God giving you those open doors uh, to share the gospel. And if we consistently pray that i believe god will answer those prayers and give us those opportunities it comes with being prepared yes when those opportunities comes and i believe if we prepare our hearts and stay in the word of god seeking god's face god will prepare us uh, do you have any f- final thoughts before we close
0: and just that you know i love those three points mm-hmm. that you just made because all of those are important but You know, sometimes we get so intimidated, well, I don't know what to say. But really, we're just sharing our story. We're just sharing what God has done in our heart and the difference he has made in our lives. And it's called a testimony. It is our story. And our stories are important because they bring glory to God. They show the faithfulness of God. And they give hope to other people that that can become their story, too. So missions is very important. It's all about Christ. It's all about sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And it is something that every one of us should be a part of.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for coming on today and talking about all these different uh, topics uh, that we've discussed and the different endeavors that's going on. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness to our church and always uh, being there to uh, be a good servant for you and your husband as well. You're welcome. All right. Well, well, thank you for listening today. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go to redhousebc.com or you can go to our Facebook page or, if you have some questions for the podcast uh, you'd like us to answer, or something we've talked about here today, go to our Facebook page at RootIt27. Uh, if you prefer to listen by audio, you can go subscribe to the Apple Podcast app at RootIt2.7. Uh, thank you for listening today. Thanks again for watching. You can connect with us via our website at redhousevc.com or connect with us on social media by searching for Rooted27, or you can also subscribe by searching D House Media RHBC on YouTube. Subscribe now.